I just, I think it's one of the best things about being a black woman that we can change our hair all the time and kind of like changing your hair gives you like this whole new vibe and personality and clothes look different and makeup looks different. I don't know. I've just always loved it. What up, y'all? It's Julie Global Wilson here over at The Color Files. I'm so excited that you guys are continuing to listen. I thank you. I love you. You are amazing. So today I have a really special guest, Miss fabulous Brooke DeVard, who is a fellow podcaster and someone I truly look up to. If you are not listening to her podcast called Naked Beauty, you are missing out. It is amazing. It's honestly one of my top five favorite podcasts. And um, I love that it's about beauty because you obviously know The Color Files is about beauty. But I love... um, Brooke's storytelling. I love the people that she has on. And I just see her as someone who, you know, obviously, like I said, I look up to, but also um, someone that pushes me to be a better podcaster. So I thank you for that, Brooke. But I think you're really going to love our conversation. Brooke has been doing this for the past four years, her podcast, and she has a really amazing following, so much so that she was nominated for an iHeartMedia Best Beauty Podcast Award this year. She didn't win, but she won in my heart. And I was also on her podcast. um, So you definitely have to check out my episode there. But it's also interesting to note that this is her side hustle. She works at Instagram, which is a big, amazing... I mean, everyone knows Instagram. But the fact that she has this big, amazing job and that she takes time to create her podcast on the side really shows that she's all about this side hustle lifestyle. And if you're passionate about something, you have to build it into your life, which she has done. Um, And she just bought a mic and just made it happen. I love that about her. She's a go-getter. She's a hustler. And um, I feel like we are simpatico when when it comes to that. We are definitely kindred spirits. And I love the fact that she loves her mom and who she gets all of her love of beauty and fashion from her mom, who used to work at Revlon, which was fun to note. We talk about all the DIY skincare stuff that she loves. She makes a lot of her things at home, but she's also, um, she reads every label. She's a real beauty junkie. Um, and so am I. So I love the fact that we could geek out on like, you know, ingredients and understand what we're actually putting on our face every day. Um, her, her aesthetic, she likes to call it is glazed donut. She likes that glowy, um, dewy look, which I think is awesome as well. You know, everybody wants to look like they're they have a good glow up going on um but we you know we talk all about the tea on the best products out there some beauty hacks and just being dope fabulous black women in this industry so sit back relax and enjoy this amazing podcast with my guest brooke devard everyone. I am super excited today because not only do I get to, you know, 
start this whole new second season with you guys, but I'm also interviewing today one of like my favorite people and my favorite podcast hosts. So, you know, I do- I dove into this podcast thing last year, um, really, you know, nervous and not knowing what I was doing. But there are people out in this podcast world that I've admired and um, Brooke DeVard is one of them. Oh and gosh. she is here. Thank you so much, Julie. It's so wonderful (laughs) to hear you say that. I think you're doing an amazing job. That means so much coming from you because I think you're killing the game. Um, I think, you know, I've listened to your podcast for over a year now, and I know you've been doing it for three years, but I totally binged. I listened to every single episode. They're so good. I think you're such a great storyteller and you get the most interesting people on the podcast, which I've been one of them. Yes. Oh my gosh. And people love your episode yours is like a fan favorite for sure oh i i that makes me so happy because i had so much fun talking to you so now we get to talk to each other on my platform which i i love because i want to pepper you with questions because you are just such an interesting person we have a lot of people in common but we also have the love of beauty yes love beauty skincare makeup hair care could talk about it all night long yes and this is kind of a side hustle for you, this whole podcasting thing. Yes. You work at Instagram. Yeah, I said Instagram, like, hello, major job. But you also are a major podcast host who's been nominated for awards and you've had really big, amazing names on the show. And um, I just think it's really cool that you're someone who has pursued a passion beyond their their normal nine to five, which is an amazing job and I know that you love, but also that you've you've carved in time to do something that that you're really um, excited about and passionate about. And you do it at such a high level and you do it so well that accolades have been coming and people are so excited to be on your platform. Yeah. How does that feel? I mean, I'm all about the side hustle lifestyle. I think that if you have something that you're passionate about, find a way to build it into your life. I had, I'm not in the beauty industry, but I love beauty and I love talking to women about beauty. I'm one of those people that stops people on the street and I'm like, what's this nail polish color? Oh my gosh, who did your hair? If I could have a space where I could just talk to women I admire about beauty, that sounds like a dream. So I just kind of built that dream for myself. And now I'm doing the show, Naked Beauty, new episode every single Monday. I still don't know how I put out a new episode every week. That's a little bit surreal to me because the pace is relentless. But I truly, truly love having conversations with women about beauty. It's so much fun. So Naked Beauty started three years ago, right? 2016, actually. 2016. So four years ago. Yeah. Oh, my God. So four years ago, what was the spark? What made you say, I'm going to go? I know you bought a a mic off the Internet and you were like, I'm just going to do this. I just did it. What (laughs) compelled you to say, I'm just going to go and do it. I was a podcast junkie. Like I listened to so many podcasts and I listened to podcasts from the like early days of podcasting and all of the podcasts I really loved. Like I love the Joe Rogan show. Mm-hmm. I probably don't look like the typical Joe Rogan listener. I loved Mark Maron. Those are like two mm-hmm. older white dudes. They do their conversations in like their basements, just talking to people, but it's unedited. It's like each episode's like an hour, hour and a half, but there were these really like deep dive, immersive conversations. And as I started to look for more podcasts with women, it was often I I found that a lot of women's podcasts were talking either about like careers like how to kill it and like slay your career and Mm -hmm. 
kind of like almost like a perfection narrative, which didn't feel as like honest and vulnerable as what I was looking for. Or I found a lot of relationship and sex podcasts. But way back then, like in 2016, I couldn't find very many podcasts about beauty. And if they were about beauty, they tended to be doing like makeup reviews. I couldn't find conversations that women were having about beauty. So I basically just created the show that I wanted to hear myself. It's so smart. And it is like, and you were reading everyone else's mind because I wanted to hear the kind of conversations that you have with people. It's Mm -hmm. not just about what your favorite lipstick is, which you do talk about, which I love, (laughs) but it was also about how does that make you feel? What was your hair journey? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how did you get past that, you know, that time in your life when your skin wasn't, you know, doing well? What are, you know... um, you know, beauty um, rituals that have been passed down in your family. Exactly. So I love that type of stuff. And so I'm turning it on you now. Like I oh want to hear, yeah. <laughs> I want to hear about why beauty, actually, I'm just going to hit you with my, my question I asked everyone. Yes. And when you knew black was beautiful. Oof. I knew black was beautiful. I think very early on, very early on. My mom is dedicated to fashion and beauty and was always very stylish and glamorous as well as my your grandmother. Your mom is very chic. Yes. I've seen her on your gram <laughs> and I'm always like, oh, yes, that, her mom it slays. But and my mom's mother, Jean DeVard, is even more chic. It's like one of these things that's been like passed down, you know, through the DeVard women each generation. And I think that's really common for a lot of black women where we grow up seeing an emphasis on looking good and self-presenting and kind of just like that retro approach to glamour and being put together is something that I definitely saw in my grandmother and in my mom. So I always grew up thinking black was beautiful. I also remember I only had black Barbies, which yeah, I think me is, too. Yeah. Right. I think yeah. that's great. I do too. And it was it's it was one thing to have like that innate style right mm-hmm. in your family and seeing it and that sort of thing and i saw the the same with my mom and my grandmother and i knew my great grandmother who was um especially stylish as well but i think it was also a point of pride especially mm-hmm. as black women yes. you know it was always just like you wanted to be put together so you could show the world that you know because we were representative of the whole black community right. when people look at you as a black person you represent black folk everywhere you know it's not just your family and so you want to you know put some respect on your own family name but also the black community Absolutely. and i remember like lotion you know it's like it's a verb Like, did you lotion? (laughs) Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It was like, don't go out the streets ashy. Right. You have to make sure that you are presentable and stylish and pulled together at all times. At all times. And then I think I kind of fell in love with the editorial version of beauty because I grew up here in New York City and I was a model for Ford Models. So after school, like the side hustle has just been a constant in my life. But after (laughs) school, I was going on my go-sees and like bringing my book around and booking shoots. And I would always talk to the makeup artist, like, okay, what's happening here? What's this look? And that's when I started getting really into like all of the fashion messaging boards. And I started my fashion blog at the time. But I loved the way that beauty could elevate a look. Mm -hmm. So I was looking like, yes, I want to see the Tom Ford runway and what's coming down. But I also want to know what was the beauty inspiration? How are they making these women come alive through their hair and makeup? For sure. Did you watch your mom do her makeup and like, did she take you to the Clinique counter and do all of those things with you? My mom actually worked in beauty. She worked at Revlon um, in marketing. So she always would come home with like millions of samples for us to try. I remember she would come home with like, you know, a hundred different nail polishes and we would try them all. But yeah, she was definitely into beauty and I can remember her doing her full makeup routine. But now it's really funny. She actually comes to me for skincare advice. So really? Yeah. She just... I mean, she has to. You're like very <laughs> like you're you you don't only just like like 
beauty for like to be a product junkie no you're like very you get very technical you're like this is the ingredients this is what it does that sort of thing which i think is really cool because i think for the most part most people are just like oh so and so uses this so i'm gonna use it but you like read the labels and like all of that yeah i think you've got to be a nerd about skincare you I feel like I feel you because I'm a beauty director, but I think most people aren't. And I think they're starting to become Mm -hmm. because there are more conversations now around clean beauty, that sort of thing. But, you know, people like to be influenced. And Mm -hmm. I think they see things and they're like, I want to I want to grab and get that. But I do think it's special when there's someone like yourself who's just like, okay, but what does this oil do? Is it like clarifying is does it detox does it mm-hmm. that sort of thing rather than just oh is it going to make my skin look great fine yeah well it's so i just did my into the gloss top shelf thing where they yes. come and they photograph all of your beauty products and i was showing them all this homemade stuff that i make and they're like how do you make all of this stuff and i actually pulled out all of my natural beauty books and i was like please photograph these because if you're going to talk about me and beauty i want people to know that with a little bit of education, you can learn a whole lot. And I do really want more people to get into understanding like what they're putting on their skin mm-hmm. and hair. And I think it's great to be influenced. Like if you see a ton of people are getting this, you know, essence from Tatcha and like you want to get it too, great, get it, see how your skin likes it. But then read the back, understand what the ingredients are and understand what impact they have on your skin. You also don't even have to get a book. Like Google is available to all yeah, of us. There's sure. so much information on skincare on the internet. Yeah. And just like understanding what each ingredient does. Mm -hmm. I also think I hear a lot of resistance from people that are like, oh, I don't know if I would like ever want to make my own thing. But it's like, I feel like if you cook, you can make something simple. I think it's a part of self-care too. And it's, it, it, elevates that self-care a little bit too because you know that you created it and then you're Mm -hmm. putting it on your body and it's supposed to help beautify you or calm you or whatever you want it to do exactly um it's really nice i do do that a little too i grew up with like a homeopathic doctor and like that sort of thing yeah and you make your own scrub at martha's vineyard in the summer which i love absolutely um so yeah i i love that you're into that the whole like DIY. DIY. Yes. <laughs> but I think it's like, okay, if you're making eggs for yourself, you know exactly how you want them cooked. You know how much cheese you want to add. Like you have your way of making eggs. When you start to make, let's take body scrub, for example, you can be like, I want to add more avocado oil because I like mm-hmm. when I rinse it off, how it feels on my skin. Or I want to add more tangerine essential oil because I want that fresh citrusy scent. I want this type of sugar granule. You know, everyone has like their own things that they like. And when you learn how to make your own products, you can get into like making your dream product. Yeah. So are you going to, like, come up with a, a company, a brand? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I have a third job. For now, I'm just trying to focus <laughs> on doing my main job and doing the podcast. That's, okay. that's kind of my... But I see it in your future. I do. Yeah. I think that that could be something. And more and more Black women are... We're the biggest group of, you know, demographic of entrepreneurs, which I really? think is really cool. Um, especially since I think our needs have not been completely met when it comes in the beauty space. Absolutely. So the fact that more and more we saw the whole natural hair evolution happen, and we're going to talk about your hair, because it's a moment too. But um, we saw how more and more brands um, were springing up from Black women and men for our hair. Mm -hmm. And I think now people are waiting for that like Fenty effect when it comes to... um, when it comes to skincare. So I think everyone's trying to be like, well, 
you see how what Fenty did for cosmetics in the black community, like what could it do in skincare? Yes. So I do think that there's this very untapped market, free idea for anyone listening. <laughs> I love Fenty. I love Pat McGrath. I love NARS. Like, I'm a real makeup makeup girl. Mm-hmm. Like, I love a good beat. Yeah. But I also love clean beauty and I love, like, clean ingredients. I think the person who figures out how to make a really great cosmetic that has the right pigments and shows up on our skin, but, but it's, it's clean. clean, is going to make a killing. Yeah. So. I think so, too. If, if I don't get there first, someone else please make it so I can buy it. Yes. Okay, let's talk about your beat. So what are your like makeup jammy jam jams? Ooh, favorite products? Yes. Oh gosh. Okay. Foundation. There are three that I love. Okay. NARS. Love. NARS, they have the longest product names. It's like the radiant. Oh gosh, what is it? They have the creamy radiant like concealer, concealer which I which love. Is- but they Everything. also have a um, foundation that has a very long name, mm-hmm. but it's fabulous. Um, and I've been using that for forever. I and love the rectangle, the long rectangle. The long rectangle with the pump. Yes. Yeah. Love that. Um, I love the Fenty Pro Filter, but the hydrating one. That's yeah, the, the new, new one version. In the, um, it's not in the glass bottle, right? No. It's in that plastic like it's tube. A, it's in a plastic tube. And I actually mm-hmm. bought that the same time that I bought the Pat McGrath. The Pat McGrath is like $68. The Fenty one is like in the 30 range. And I actually like the Fenty one more. Really? Yeah. It, they have grapeseed oil in it. So back to me reading mm, ingredients, I was yes. like, okay, why does this feel so good? It has grapeseed, in, grapeseed oil in it. So it's kind of treating your skin as you're wearing it too. Yeah. And the Pat McGrath one, I feel like is for truly like a like you know, red carpet beat or something. It's so, um, it's such a heavy coverage and like all of that. She also just launched concealers, which I went to her event last week and they're awesome. Did you meet her? I did. You you and Pat are like old pals. Pat and I, shout out to Pat because I'm trying to get her on here. I'm, I'm like not letting up. I am on that grind so hopefully i can like chat with her but she is really amazing and she's just so smart like she just knows all the things of course legend i love talking to her about her product she's just like oh i've been developing this for like 26 years and you're like what and she's like yeah it's just like trial and error for 26 years i'm like who are you? Yeah. I her love pro- it. Her, but her her products show all of those years of experience because they're phenomenal. And you love her lip gloss. Love her lip gloss. Yes. You, you gifted me one of yes. them um, to like add to my collection. But I love her lip gloss. There's another lip gloss brand that I love, Tower 28. They make Ooh. this lip jelly. It's a clean beauty brand. Uh-huh. But it's like this lip You're jelly. You're putting me on. I don't know. Yeah. It's a lip jelly that's like not too sticky, which I really appreciate. Um, and I'm either like doing a lip liner with a clear gloss over. Mm-hmm. That's like my thing. Or now I just interviewed, you know, Maya Allen from Marie Claire. I love Maya. So she's like the lipstick queen. Uh, her lips were made for lipstick. She, oh. And so I, I literally just interviewed her. And the whole time she was just like talking about how lipsticks give you all this energy. So she inspired me. I've been wearing lipsticks since, for the past like three days since I interviewed her. I love it. What is this one? Because this is a red one that I really yes, love. Yes, it's Smashbox. Smashbox mm. makes the best liquid lipsticks. Mm. The best. I love that. I love Fenty Stunna Lips. Okay. That's what I'm wearing right now. And uncuffed. And it's the liquid one. Oh, that looks great. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. Shout out to Maya. She's amazing. Another 
beautiful black woman killing it in the beauty industry yes. at um, Mary Claire. So um, so tell me more about makeup. So we talked about foundation. We talked about lips. Anything else? Since you say you love a really great beat, what yes. are you oh my gosh. using okay. as a black woman? We need We've to know. We've just gotten started. <laughs> um, I love a powder to set the foundation. So mm-hmm. the MAC Mineralize um, powder is great because it's like some powders can get too cakey and just make you look dead. I'm all about looking like dewy and glazed. Like mm. glazed donut is my aesthetic. Um, and then I love adding like a balmy highlighter. Mm-hmm. So I don't love um, powder highlights. Mm-hmm. I like a sort of liquid highlight. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Kevin Aquan makes something called Face Gloss that yep. I am just obsessed with. Kevin Aquan is another makeup brand that I want more people to get into because I feel like in terms of value for money, mm-hmm. you buy a Kevin Aquan product and you will have it for years. Like, yes, he has all of these glossy lid moments that are mm. so great there's like a, a clear one there's this black one that i love i love this mascara i have of his that's in this like deep burgundy yeah oh that sounds gorgeous yes yeah but this um this face gloss i'll have it forever and then the sensual skin enhancer which is my go-to concealer because it literally covers everything mm. i have such dark circles and i have tried i think every concealer on the market the sensual skin enhancer from Kevin Aquan, if you're looking for coverage, but still for it to look like skin, I think that's the best one. If you buy one, you will have it, I promise, for like five years. It's literally never runs out. What about eyeliner? Are you an eyeliner girl? Yes, liquid liner. So it's so funny. I like killed myself to try the try to find the perfect liquid liner. And I did the Kat Von D one for a little bit. Then I did a Stila one. And then I was in Morocco and I lost my eyeliner. So I just went to some random shop in Marrakesh, like off the corner of the souks. It was a three dot, like three US dollar black liquid liner. I've been using that for a while and it's like just as good Look, as all of these other ones. These fines sometimes are way better than these like very expensive things. Yeah, it's so true. And they take eyeliner very seriously in Morocco. It's like mm-hmm. a lot of women do coal rimmed eyes, but it was like a no name $3. And I'm like, this is literally better than all of the so now I'm like looking at liner very skeptically. Like, oh, like am I paying too? Doing? Yeah, am I yeah, paying like, too much? What are you much? doing here? Yeah, uh, paying too much. No one's sending you things yet because you are oh, like no, no. a it's, whole hey, major. It started it's, to happen, it's Julie. No, no, it's it started to happen. And because it is... when I was on, you were like, I brought you a whole bag of stuff, and you were like, What? Like, like this, this never happened. And I'm like, Sis, wait for it to happen because the you're... deluge has begun. Good. The deluge has become lots of skincare, um, which is great because it it really. In a way, it's like really affirming to try everything that's new and on the market and to know that sometimes like your own homemade stuff is still just as good. Yeah. You know, when you're doing a lot of stuff DIY, sometimes you think like, oh, you know, is this other stuff better? And mm-hmm. so now I'm trying lots of things that are popular and I'm like, mm, this yeah. is not great. <laughs> but I love it because you're also, I feel like, a really great, not only storyteller, but like journalist. And we talked a little bit about that, too, of like, do you feel the pressure if someone sends you something, you have to say something nice. And I'm like, I just won't say anything at all if I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Like, it is my job to review things and to make sure that I'm presenting our readers and followers with things that I think are great. If it isn't great, they just won't hear about it. Yes. I loved when you talked about that, because that was something I was so curious to learn from you as an editor, like that push and pull between your advertisers. And the fact that you keep it real is just like, I mean, that's why people love you and trust your opinion. Yeah. I mean, you have to. Right. And I feel like I can keep it even realer because I'm a black woman. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like you can't like pull the wool over our eyes. Like I I recently went to an event like for hair care. And so this will be a good transition to talk about your hair. But um, and 
with a lot of events I go to with hair, I always go in and say, well, does this work for textured hair and women of color? And everyone always is like, yeah, sure. Of course it does. Like, (laughs) you know, because they don't want to be labeled as, you know, racist or non-inclusive or like that sort of thing. And I'm like, that makes me even more skeptical because Becky doesn't you know, wash her, washes her hair every single day or doesn't put oil in her hair. I put oil in my hair. I wash my hair maybe once every other week, you know, yeah. like that sort of thing. So like, how can this product work for both of us? Right. And then that makes them have to backpedal like, well, actually, I guess it doesn't work for everyone's <laughs> hair. And it's just like, come on. But I do think that gives us license as women of color yeah. to really be a little bit more assertive and forthright. And um, I don't know, just like, blunt and use our questions yeah ask the hard questions and i feel like um i can't wait for you to get even more products and be a little bit more you know and have and and really hear your opinions about them being Mm -hmm. a woman of color so let's talk about your hair because these braids right here are beautiful but you change your hair a lot and i love it you yeah. did the whole DMX challenge. I saw that. Yeah. And I literally, I love a good challenge. And I couldn't do it because I don't change my hair that often. <laughs> like, it's either curly, I have like a lazy girl blowout, or have braids. Okay. And so I haven't really experimented yeah. a lot with like different styles. But yeah. when I saw your DMX challenge, I was like, go, Brooke, go. <laughs> this is honestly, these braids, I've had them in for, I think this is week seven. Mm-hmm. I had them refreshed three weeks ago. Like at week four, I had them refreshed. Like I got the front redone and I got the back redone. And you guys can't see, but they're like box braids. They're down like to your, almost your waist. Yes. Probably your waist. Yeah. But this is the longest. I haven't had a hairstyle in this long for so, I'm getting a whole new style on Tuesday. I already have my appointment Okay. What's the style? I'm going to do crochet braids, but I haven't decided what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to try a bob, like a bob length and then maybe do straight. But what I love about crochet braids is like, they don't take as much time. They're very quick. And it's like low commitment. Like you can do crochet braids and for like two weeks and then just do a new style. Yeah, And it's a great protective style for your great. hair. Yes. And it's not a lot of breakage and like that sort yes. of thing. Yes. But I am cognizant of the fact that I've been like avoiding my hair for some time. Like huh. this hair vacation has been going on for a long time. And I'm just like, OK, Brooke, you're going to have to get back in touch with like your hair ritual and like doing the wash day. And the... yes. but that's just... a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I feel like I've been so busy lately and i know it's not good just to go from protective style to protective style but i'm about to go to london on friday so i'm like okay just one last protect one last hurrah and then i'll start going back to rocking my wash and goes and twist outs what makes you so experimental when it comes to your hair i just i think it's one of the best things about being a black woman that Mm -hmm. we can change our hair all the time and kind of like changing your hair gives you like this whole new vibe and personality and clothes look different and makeup looks different i don't know i've just always loved it i mean i need to take a page out of your book and like be a little bit more experienced experimental with my hair yeah i think it'll be fun and your hair's natural yes and so what products have you been using on your hair Ooh, so my natural hair journey, I think like a lot of women, when I first went natural, I just didn't know what worked and I tried everything. And so now I've like really got it down to a science where I know the products that work for my hair. So um, with shampoo and conditioner, I'm not that loyal. I'm like a bit of like a 
flirt. I will yes, try lots of I different conditioners. But for shampoo, I love the Diva Curl No Poo. I think that's like okay. really great. It doesn't leave your hair feeling dry. Mm-hmm. With natural hair, I feel like the biggest struggle is always just moisture, moisture, moisture. Moisture, moisture. Right? Yeah. Um, and then conditioner. I feel like I've tried so many great conditioners. Um, I'm trying to think about like Have you what... tried the pattern one? I haven't. Because I, I, yeah, that's I haven't. my favorite product from that line. Really? The conditioner? The conditioner. Okay. I'm going to try heavy it then. Hundred- conditioner i know there's medium and heavy no, no, i do the heavy. heavy always, always heavy. heavy yeah I mean, yeah, yeah yeah we're not playing games yet. <laughs> i also add pretty much every single conditioner i own before it even goes into my shower i open the bottle and i add some of my own oils at home really yeah like i'll add just like castor oil or like avocado oil into the conditioner bottle because i just want that extra moisture and slip so okay. that's a good beauty hack for anyone listening okay what about styling so I love Kinky Curly Not Today Leave-In mm. Conditioner. I think that's the best leave-in conditioner in the world. It has marshmallow root extract in it. So it's really good for like detangling. And then for styling, I like the Shea Moisture um, Curling Cream, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great one. And then in terms of like getting a hold, I'm loyal to the Eco Styler Gel. That like green, Sis, olive I Eco Styler Gel. They just got it right yeah. back then and it's still right. It still and works. one has yeah. really yeah. like mess with them well i tried the um oribe like uh that new highly textured line very expensive i love it okay i think it's great but i can honestly tell you and it was gifted to me so i tried it but i can honestly tell you that i think the eco styler gel is just as good oh in terms of hold i guess i don't use the styler gel as like enough Mm -hmm. to make the comparison yeah but that orbe like line it's so expensive yeah don't get me wrong like I don't think if I wasn't a beauty director, I don't know if I could afford to right. like keep up that habit. Yeah. But I do like it. I think that they were really thoughtful yeah. about it. And it smells great. Oh, it smells, smells so great. good. I'm a, I'm a sucker for when things smell good. Yes. Yeah. 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 So do you ever do you straighten your hair? Are you like that natural girl who will also put heat? on their hair no mm. i used to be that natural girl that put heat on her hair until i got heat damage oh. and like i've seen your curls like your curls bounce i'm right back. now i do have it like straightened um but i only go to dicky at hair rules who okay. he knows my hair and he knows like the heat that he can put on my hair and then he's taught me so well that i can do it at home so this is what i just did at home oh, you did on, this like, yourself my, yeah, yeah, yeah i'm so impressed this was just this is called my lazy girl blowout. Like it's not super straight and it's just like whatever. Okay, I'm very impressed. Yeah. I heat damage is one of those things that you just have to live with the reality that like it's not like if you have a piece of your hair when you get it wet that's just like straight and limp, mm-hmm. you gotta cut it out. You gotta start over. I know. Um and I got bad heat damage and ever since that I was like, you know what, Brooke, it's just not worth it. And that's why I think also I love the crochet styles. I love the idea of like changing your hair mm-hmm. without putting heat on it and my hair is also colored so i started doing highlights like about two years ago which i love so i was like okay highlights will be my thing but i'm not going to do color and because you don't do color do you i have done color but i haven't done it just because like i do feel like it changes the texture of my hair yeah and so and i'm just like constantly it's even drier my hair's already dry and then it's even drier and so that's frustrating to me so i'm just like forget the color i'll put sometimes i'll put like a spray or something to make it you know, the temporary yeah. color, but yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to do color, then really be careful with heat. And then yes. if you're going to, if you're like, okay, I know that I want heat, then just really think twice about doing color too. Yeah, for sure. So what does your husband think of all this? Oh I gosh. always love asking people who like, cause I have like Ulta Beauty is like in my house. Yeah. Like my whole linen closet 
is just beauty products. Yeah. And so um, my husband obviously has dealt with it. He actually doesn't use any products, even the really? men's products. Like I bring home, he's like, I'm good. Where's like my bar soap? And he doesn't <laughs> wear any cologne, nothing. Oh, and gosh. so what does your husband think of your beauty obsession? Well, your husband's missing out. I, know, um, right? I hope he has an awakening or maybe your son, <laughs> by the time he gets yes. into his grooming stage, he'll be able to take advantage of it. Um, so my husband, it's so funny. He has such strong opinions about my hair to the point where like it kind of like annoys me. Really? Like he loves my natural hair like when I'm like wearing my hair out and big and like in an afro he's like this is how I love your hair I wish you could be like this every day and I'm like hun like do you want to do my twist up for me every night because right. like I can't like I love it too <laughs> right. I'm not doing protective styles because I don't love my hair it's just a lot of work right um and I think when he met me, I was wearing like a curly, um, it was like a frohawk. Like it was like this afro that I pinned up on the sides. And like, he's always like, can you please, like on Valentine's Day, he'll like request it. He'll be like, can you do like the, the frohawk? Like a he, husband request of like, a hairstyle. He loves it. He loves it. So when I know that, like I want to like look really good for him, I'll like do that hairstyle. Um and he doesn't love as much like the straight styles. Like I think he prefers curly. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always like, and it's so funny because he's like, well, what if I decided that I was going to change my hair every week and like grow it long and then do this? Like, and I'm like, that would be awful. Like <laughs> you can't do that. But like, I'm You're a woman like, and it's, I can do it and it's different, but he likes it. He's like, I feel like I have like a new wife, you know, every yeah. month, like a new version of my wife. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of skincare stuff, I've tried to get him really into sunscreen. So mm. that's where the unseen sunscreen from Goop, that's been like oh a God, game changer so in our family because he uses it. Have you tried the Black Girl sunscreen? I have tried the Black Girl sunscreen so and good. I met the founder. It's really a fabulous product yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. It's um, really nice. Yeah. That's but Goop, good... yeah, unseen. Psh, I mean, yeah. they killed it. <laughs> and he loves it too. So okay. now I'm happy that he wears sunscreen every day. That's like the baby steps that we're at. Like, okay, at okay. least we're at sunscreen every day. So he's not crazy about like the products everywhere, or, like the oils you're, you're mixing. In. Oh, yeah. No, he gets annoyed because I, <laughs> I clogged the shower once really badly. I made like a homemade scrub and I put dried um, lavender and rose petals in it. Oh, and no. obviously like dried petals, like when they blossom with water, like create a very clogging effect. Um, right. I think I even had a little clay in that. Oh, my God. It was just a disaster we had to like have repair people and he was like brooke if you are going to do this experimental stuff you cannot do it in the bath in the shower upstairs oh my god yeah i love that i also love that you guys travel so much together yes that is so beautiful and i love that if you're not following brooke on social media you should definitely do that because she takes you on her adventures and you just do a really great job of showing the places that you are when you're shopping that sort of thing but also just the cultural stuff but i love how um how you guys travel and so what have been some of the your favorite places that you've gone to and are there any like beauty secrets and like things that you can like share with us okay japan hands down i love japan we just did two and a half weeks in japan and the beauty culture there is so first of all i think japanese people across the border committed to a level of excellence have Mm -hmm. you have you spent time in japan i have but only it was only a week we were in osaka and kyoto okay i love we did osaka and kyoto too Mm -hmm. gorgeous um did you love Kyoto? I loved Kyoto. I did. I yeah. did. For sure. I mean, like the geishas and the, I mean, it's just beautiful. And we were there in cherry blossom season oh. and like, it was so nice. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I like actually interviewed uh, Maiko Sana Geisha in training, like through a translator to ask her about like her whole approach to beauty. And I learned those hairstyles that they have that are so ornate. They actually can't sleep with their head on a pillow. They sleep with like a... With that, um that neck thing right yeah that um it's like wooden right it's like a wooden block that elevates their 
yeah. head from the ground. And I was like, that is like a level of commitment I that mean, I feel it, like my Western mind can't even fathom. Yes, it's true art. It's art. I mean, it's it's amazing that they have that commitment and they've committed their lives to this art. I think it's amazing. And yeah. then just learning about the ritual of bath. So onsen. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of onsen while I was mm-hmm. there. So that's these like natural hot springs where you just go and you bathe and you actually shower before you get into the hot spring. And it's just about soaking and taking time for yourself. But it was this great thing where... All of the onsens are separated by gender. So there are ones for women and ones for men. And you're naked. Like, you can't have anything on you. Um, but it was great seeing these, like, generations. Like, you would see, like, a mother and a grandmother and a grandchild all in the onsen together. And you can see the grandmothers, like, educating the grandchild about, like, okay, now put on moisture. You know, it's like they just learn to exfoliate and, like, I take care that. of themselves and moisturize as part of the culture. That's so nice. The yeah. rituals being passed down. Yeah. So beyond Japan, anywhere else you've gone where you're just like, wow. I think Marrakesh was super inspiring. I did henna there. So I always try to like do a little bit of the beauty culture for Mm -hmm. where I am. Um, Turkey, my husband's Turkish, so he spent Mm -hmm. a lot of time in Turkey. Um, Hammams and like that bath culture there is Mm -hmm. major. So like that's when you basically go in and get scrubbed down to like an inch of your life. Which you know I love. In Koreatown. The Koreatown thing. Like um, I don't know if anyone's gone to these like, I think the one in New Jersey is called like Soji. And then the one out in Queens is called Spa Castle. Yes. And like the scrubbing situation it's like you have a baby's bottom like skin it's like insane it's amazing yes so i love like getting into different cultures and what they have in terms of um yeah exfoliating body treatments facial treatments i love that have you found as you've traveled the world as a black woman they're very interested in you i know when i went to um china they were just like so like blown away by like I was a black woman, but I, they knew I wasn't because of the color of my skin and mm-hmm. the way I talked. I wasn't from Africa. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, you're from the United States. And yeah. like because of my skin color and my hair and all of that, they were just like, what is going on here? And like, who are you? And like, what do you do? <laughs> do you find that as a black woman traveling the world? I've heard that about China specifically, and I haven't been to China, so I haven't experienced that. But what I have experienced, I think, in a lot of cultures where, like, Black women are adored, like, have you been to Italy? I haven't. Okay. Italian men, like, love Black women, like, yeah. propose on the street type oh. of love for Black women. Watch which out, is, hubby. Yeah, which is very interesting <laughs> to experience. And then um, when I was in Finland, actually, in Helsinki, I spent some time there. There are not a lot of Black people in Helsinki, so you just get, like, double takes pretty much everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. And I always said, like, okay, if I, like, get to a certain age and I'm still single, like, I would move to, like, a Helsinki in Finland where you really just, like, stand out as a Black woman because everyone's like, oh, my, you know, it's like right. everyone there is blonde with blue eyes. It's, like, right. seems very common and, like, not, I mean, it's not not attractive, but if you come in as, like, a dark-skinned woman, they're like, who is What this? is going on? Who is goddess? Let me touch her hair. Well, Have people touched your hair? I have, as a black woman, I'm happy to say no one has ever tried to touch my hair. Really? I, people so are growing shocked. up, because you grew, you grew up you in, grew a up majority in New York. white. Yeah. But, which is very diverse as a city. Yeah, but, but not my Education-wise, <laughs> you went to very fancy private schools. You went to Stanford afterwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... You were one of few. Always, always. And you never got that type of othering. Oh, that definitely, definitely othering and definitely mm-hmm. people being like, well, what's going on? What's this in your hair? It was straight this week. What's this? Definitely questions. But I'm I've never had anyone um, break that physical barrier and touch my hair, okay. which is everyone. Every single black woman I know has has the story of someone touching their hair. Yeah. It hasn't happened to me. It's definitely happened to me on like the subway. 
What? Like yeah. a total straight. Like the, I find that like galling. Someone actually touched my son's hair last night <gasps> at a fashion show, no. and I was like, because he has these, he has really beautiful locks. Yeah, gorgeous. But I'm just like, really? They're like, I love your hair, and I knew it was out of like. No, but this po- isn't a petting zoo. This isn't a zoo. You can't. Absolutely not. But it was like, I knew it wasn't like, what's his, it wasn't like, what's his hair doing? It was like, oh my God, his hair is so beautiful. And their hands just went out and touched them. And I was just like, Julie, take a beat. <laughs> now, because this, you don't need to woman, like, though? yes, it was a white woman. But I'm like, don't let me smack somebody up in this show. <laughs> let me not show my, my, my backside at New York Fashion Week. Right. But it was just like, oh God, like. Have they not heard the Solange song? Don't Have they not hair. seen the memes? Have they not heard? No one got the memo yeah. that you're not supposed to touch a black woman's yeah. head or black boy's head or black people in general. Yeah, just don't touch. I think that what is bothersome about it is this um, entitlement, right? Mm-hmm. That, that that this woman felt entitled to just touch. That's the yeah. part that I find frustrating. Yeah, I would like never touch somebody else's child right? in that way. Could you imagine touching yeah. some little girl's hair that yeah. you don't know? But also, like, part of me is kind of like, I'm not really interested in their hair either. <laughs> right. So it's like, I can see why it might be really hard for um for them to resist because we're so damn beautiful. I, <laughs> and, I get and, it. And we can, and we Our can hair do does things. amazing things. Defies right. gravity. I get it. Oh my gosh. I saw this video online the other day of this black girl and these, her two white friends, I guess. And she was videotaping and they were like, can we touch your hair? And I think they actually said ask to touch, mm-hmm. but they were touching it and then they licked her hair. Whoa. I was like, wait, what is going on? Next level. Is this okay? I was mad at her for allowing this to happen because she kind of giggled. She sat there and like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. Are you kidding me? And I was mad at them for even thinking it's okay to put someone's like hair in your mouth and like make them feel, again, othered and like a spectacle. Yeah, that's wild. But no one was looking your hair at school, at your, at your, no. at your, at your private school. No, I, I, I emerged unscathed from that particular trauma. Yeah. But you also, you know, I know that you also like summer in, um, in Sag Harbor. Yes, love Sag Harbor. And Martha's Vineyard too. You go up there as no, well, no? I, I'm not Martha's Vineyard immersed. Okay. Sag Harbor is my thing. Yeah. I know we're taking like a bougie turn, but I think it's also, um, a, a, a representation of and I think a lot of people find those communities like it's like, oh, it's so bougie. It's like black wealth. And so, and it's like there's people from all different socioeconomic backgrounds at these places. Yes, they've gotten a reputation for people who have money. But I do think it is a beautiful thing in these places to be around black people when you come from schools and places that are so white. Exactly. And so truly, it's just almost about being in the community. It's not about your socioeconomical background. 100%. It's literally about being around black people who just want to love on each other and enjoy themselves and like be able to let their hair down. Absolutely. I'm always trying to tell people about that when they're like, oh my God, you go to Martha's Vineyard, you're so fancy. And I'm like, I'm paycheck to paycheck. I live in a four-story walk-up in Harlem. We go there because it's beautiful right. and that we can be ourselves there right. around other black around people. other black people absolutely i think these like historically african-american beach towns like sag harbor like martha's vineyard are so important and growing up my parents put put us in jack and jill my brother yep. and i Ditto. and we were like why do we have to go to jack and jill but looking back going to a school where you're like i think there were other four other black girls in my entire class jack and jill is what taught me so much about black culture that's the first place i saw alvin ailey and mm-hmm. understood like black oh, yeah. arts and 
it's it's really to make sure that you're not growing up in a world that's dictated only by who you go to school with, that you're able to see blackness yes. around you in go other ways. Go see an August Wilson play. Yes. Go, yeah, go see, um, go see, you know, um, different uh, artists. And it was definitely an education that I think, like you said, you might not have gotten had you stayed you know, in the community of your school or where you're growing up. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I grew up, we talked about in your podcast, like in like Amish country, Pennsylvania. So it's like, there's like no black people there. So it might, these these organizations might seem, you know, bougie, but at the same time, they gave me a sense of who I was as a yes. black person. I could see other black people like myself. Yes. So Quick plug for your oh. episode of oh, Naked, Naked Beauty. Beauty. I think everyone who reads your work should really take the time to listen to it because I feel like we just got to know so much of who you are through what you've been through. Yeah. And how you grew up and how you shaped your worldview. Because, like, you have such an interesting backstory. Yeah, it is. It is very cool. Definitely go and listen to that episode and, like, hear some of that. Because I did get a lot of... I've I've done a lot of interviews, not necessarily, like, podcast interviews, but interviews here and there where I've talked about my story. But nothing has resonated more mm-hmm. than being on your podcast and people really asking me questions about my, my background. It's yeah. not about my career. It's not about beauty they were yeah. just like wait you were mormon <laughs> i was like yes go listen to go listen to brooks podcast and you'll hear more but yeah. how did you grow up did you grow up very religious or um, not really in a strict household were you able to wear lipstick and like change your hair and do all the yeah. things yeah pretty Date? Yeah, my parents were pretty cool, pretty liberal. Their whole thing was like they taught my brother and I critical thinking. Like we had to like come to the dinner table with the New York Times article and say like what our perspective was versus what point the journalist was trying to make. So they were always like really like be critical thinkers, engage with the world. So they really impressed that upon us. That's so cool. What does your brother do? He works at BET. He does ad oh, sales. Um, very cool. So yeah. you're both kind of in media kind and like of, that yeah. sort of thing. That's very cool. Yeah. Your parents must be so proud. They're. I think they are. I think they are. Yeah. From starting Naked Beauty, how do you juggle that? Because you have a very, um, you know, high powered and very involved career. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're traveling and you're doing a lot of things and working for a major company. So how are you able to juggle both of them and have such a successful side hustle? Yeah. People ask me this a lot. I think you just you find the time for the things that you want to do. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like you find the time and it's like when Beyonce goes on tour, like you find the money to get the ticket, you know, even if things are tight, like you're going to. I love that analogy. It's like a it's going to happen. Yeah. Where there's a will, there's a way. So I feel like because I am, if I wasn't passionate about the show or if I was doing this podcast for it to become like, so now four years since starting it, I've been nominated for an iHeart Media mm-hmm. Podcast Award, Best yes. Beauty Podcast. Wow. What an incredible honor. But I Well can, deserved. Thank you. But I can remember, you know, the early days when I would put it out on SoundCloud and I'd be like at 20 views, you know, 20, sorry, 20 listens, 200. I can remember the first time I got 200 listens and I was like, oh my God. But I kept doing it. <laughs> week after week after week for years not necessarily because i was like oh i'm doing it for my show to blow up you have to do it because you love it and if you do something because you're truly passionate about it that's the thing that pushes you through it can't be like external metrics that are driving you it has to be like a true passion so i think i just find time for it because i'm passionate about it does it change anything now that you've been nominated for an iheart not award do you feel like uh now i've got to like 
be nominated again next year and I've got to do X, Y, and Z to like stay on top of the game? Or is it still just about the storytelling? For me, it's still just about the storytelling because I don't, that's like an industry recognition. That's great. But I'm really proud of the audience I've developed over time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they know why they come to Naked Beauty. So I just want to maintain that relationship with my audience and that trust and tell stories of interesting women that I meet. Yeah. And it's a true community. Yes. You know, I think people, you know, have, um, you know, not only listen, but are like watching your Instagram and like you yeah. have. Shout out to Naked Beauty Planet on Instagram. Yes, definitely follow that. And Brooke's personal. Brooke Devard. <laughs> but it is a lot of fun that you kind of meld the two. I love that you can see what you're doing when it comes to Naked Beauty and Naked Beauty Planet, but also what you're doing in your personal life and how those things you know, we're multifaceted. Everyone says, you know, even to me, like, oh, it's great that you work at Essence and you do blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, that's just part of my dopeness. Right. 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 So I love that your storytelling for your personal storytelling, you show everything. Yes. You know? Yes. I think that's really important. I try to be really transparent and just like bring people along on the journey. I love it. Well, we are definitely on the journey. I love that you came to chat with me. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. We love you. I love you. And anyone out there listening, you have to follow Naked Beauty and Naked Beauty Planet and Book Devard and all of the things because you are in for a treat. You are going to love her storytelling and the people that she talks to. And um, yeah, we're here for you always. Thank you so much, Julie. This has been a dream come true. So thank you so much. And like, good luck with Color Files. I love this show. Oh my God. Thank you. I'm trying. It is, it is definitely a lot with my day to day stuff, but the fact that I get to like interview people like you makes like even the day to day grind, making time for the podcast, just like it makes my like heart sore that I can tell your story. Now that you're telling everyone else's story, I get to tell your story. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into The Color Files. I hope you loved our conversation. And thank you so much to our special guest, Miss Brooke DeVard. <laughs>